Hi, I'm Alvian Lyons. And I'm Doug Weiss. And welcome to Love Life. So, okay, Douglas, you know that you hear the word real a lot in this generation. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, there's a colloquialism, you know, we have to keep it real. You know, things have to be real. You know, we love reality television. Everything is about what real is. But what happens when we're talking about real in terms of relationships? How do you know when a relationship is real? Yeah. So (laughs) the funny part about that, I think, is that... (laughs) What we call real so often feels very unreal. <laughs> right. <laughs> it feels more fake than anything else. Exactly. Uh, I mean, reality TV, really? Reality? <laughs> <laughs> Although sometimes, it, well, another story. Um, in any event, uh, I, you know, the, the question's a good one. How do, how do you know when you found Mr. or Ms. Wright? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what's the litmus test for that? Mm-hmm. I mean... You know, I said in, an, in in another podcast, for me, the litmus test is you wake up every morning and you look at that person and you say, I love this person. I, I love this person. It, that it, love doesn't go away. It doesn't, it, it's not something that you feel one day and not another. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and, and one day somebody does something that puts you out of sorts and all of a sudden you're not in, in love, love with them. Then you never were. Right. Right. And, and that's called infatuation, perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. might be. It's intense. It masquerades like love. Right. But it doesn't have the endurance of love. And often it's about chemistry. Mm-hmm. And, and lots of it. Lo- oh, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I, I tell the story, true story, about my late wife, Susan. Uh, we met once at, a, at an industry meeting. And then we did not meet face-to-face, or even talk on the phone for over nine months. Mm. We had what turned into an email relationship. I know that sounds like something out of the ancient, you know, the the modern-day version of love letters going (laughs) back and forth in the 1700s on packet ships or whatever. (laughs) It's okay. This generation does virtual relationships on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and text. And text, yeah. So we had... uh, you know, back in the in the nineties, we had a an email relationship, and here's the funny part: we fell in love mm. by email, mm. so that when we finally saw each other again, I didn't I had forgotten what she looked like. <laughs> we met, you know, we agreed to meet in this hotel lobby, and I kept I brought a book, knowing you know I didn't know I got there a little early, and right. so I'm reading my book, and every time. Anyone walked into the lobby, I'd look up and think to myself, is that that Susan? Right. (laughs) (laughs) And and I got absorbed in the book. And so I'm I'm reading the book and all of a sudden she's standing there and I look up and went, oh my, that's Susan. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it it was like, this is the one. Oh, and it was perfect. If Hollywood had directed this, they could not have done it better. <laughs> there were these shafts of sunlight coming through the windows in the lobby. These and rays spilling on like her. Like backlighting her perfectly. <laughs> and and she and she's just standing right there. And I looked up and it was this, you know, the, the, who is this angel? I mean, that sounds corny as I can knew be. That's but what it, you're say. But but that's that was the experience <laughs> of it at the moment. It was this it was this angelic presence standing there, and I was just I, my heart leapt out of my chest. I mean, I literally was racing. And, and I knew, I knew 
That you were in love? In that I knew moment? I was in love. But it wasn't because of the chemistry of seeing her. It was, it was all because of the time. I, it was the nine months of, of back, writing, of writing back mm-hmm. and forth, and and without any of that physical stuff in the way, mm. understanding who this person was. That's so interesting that you would say that because my husband, you know, Matt, whom I just freaking adore. Okay, like just <laughs> he's just the best. I love that. <laughs> like it, he's just the best. We had a long distance relationship. So I, okay, so we met on the street, Mm -hmm. literally on the street. So he was walking down the street one day and my dad was out of town on a business trip and I had his new sports car and I was on the other side of town that I wasn't allowed to play in (laughs) because daddy was away. You were in trouble. (laughs) You were in trouble. And I had my college roommate and my little sister in the car and, um, I think my college roommate says to me, oh my God, he's so cute. And she said that he looks like Eric, which was a guy that I dated in college Mm -hmm. who was a model. So we were starting in a good place from my perspective. (laughs) (laughs) So So I decided that I would pull the car over and forgive me guys, I was young, I didn't know any better. So I decided I would pull the car over and I was looking in my side mirror to determine as he got closer, if he was as cute as Eric was. Mm -hmm. And as he got closer and closer, he got cuter and cuter and cuter. So I decided that I, we would have a conversation. Well, we talked that day, um, at the car and then we have a phone conversation. And I then, love the fact that you're the one taking the lead here. Oh, totally. Yeah. It was horrible. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was a millennium woman and we ended up talking and let me be clear. He didn't call me. Oh, we exchanged phone numbers, but he didn't call me, which I was not accustomed to. Right. So I decided to call as a survey. But you know, we're guys <laughs> and we're, you know, we're partly feral, you know, so. <laughs> It is true. But his his logic was that he didn't think that I was going to take him seriously. Mm. So he didn't know that it made sense for him to make a phone call that would probably go nowhere, given that sort of the exchange that we had. And I can tell you guys on a different day all the details of that. But for sake of time, we end up having a very long conversation on the telephone Mm. and we go out for a date. We went to go see True Lies in 1994 and we stayed together after that, and we went to two different colleges, but because we didn't have, similar to your story, we did not have the physicality of each other to really muddy the waters of whether or not we had a real connection. Mm-hmm. Much of our relationship was literally by letter because email was not a big thing then. So we wrote letters back and forth and we talked on the phone and every vacation, every break we would spend, we would be inseparable, but then we'd spend long periods of time separated again. And I will admit that both of us, you know, at at different points saw other people for kind of casually and quietly knowing that we wanted each other, but the companionship of being long distant, mm-hmm. we didn't necessarily have the maturity to be able to handle that at 19 and 20 years right. old, you know. Um, but there was not a question about the fact that I, he's different and she's different, such that over time as we matured, all the other kind of temporary fillers became completely unnecessary and it just became about us because at the foundation of our relationship was an immense friendship. And I tell people all the time, you know, who like to say sort of in air quotes, I marry your best friend. Well, there is real merit to that 
to yeah. marrying someone that you have the kind of dynamic that you would have with a best friend. I can say to Matt, I need you to hear this as my best friend, but not as my husband. Oh, and he can do that. That's like great. he can switch hats and yeah. he can say to me, okay, babe, I know you're my wife, but I really have to tell you this. And, he could say, <laughs> <laughs> and we could talk about, you know, some gorgeous woman that he saw or, mm-hmm. you know, some really interesting romantic dream I could have had. And it's, there's no, we're not threatened by right. that because there is, Secrets are like cancers in a relationship and we don't keep secrets from each other. And it, we, there's just this safe place that being able to be real with each other has afforded us because we're never in the business of hurting one another with anything that comes out of our mouths. But to be real mm-hmm. requires, uh, it takes some effort. Oh, it does. It's easy to allow yourself to just sort of coast along in the fantasy world of the feelings that you're having in the moment mm-hmm. for somebody rather than to step back and objectively understand um, who they are mm-hmm. and whether this is the right person for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we we commit a kind of serial stupidity. Mm-hmm. You know, we, keep co- we, we find ourselves... Uh, repeating repeating going back Mm -hmm. to the same kind of person that we already know is not right for us right it's it's nothing to do with them right they're not bad people right but they're bad for us exactly i I, you know my favorite joke is paula poundstone's famous line about her cats that they keep eating rubber bands and spitting them up and she thinks that they just assume that they got a bad batch the last time (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like been you know, I, some people have a dating experience like that. <laughs> it didn't work out that time, but I'll try, we'll it, try again. it again. Yeah. Right. But they say that's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And we do it in relationships well, all the time. I, I have to confess that um, I, I did that. In, mm. in, in Early in my life, I had a pattern of, of being attracted to a certain kind of person. And, and they were all, I, let me say... Uh, categorically beautiful people, wonderful people. I was a wounded person myself. I wasn't whole because of some things that had happened early in my life when I was a child. And I kept being attracted to other wounded people Mm -hmm. who were not whole. Mm -hmm. And together, we, instead of becoming whole together. together, we wounded each other. That's right. We were wounded together rather than being whole together. Mm -hmm. And... That pattern of behavior is, I think, something that gets uh, repeated in many relationships. Absolutely. We have an experience, and then we, we keep, for some reason, drawn back. We have to feel that again. We have to try it again. Maybe we're just trying to prove to ourselves that uh, it's not us. Mm. And well, sometimes I think that perhaps it's not just so much about um, whether or not it's a not us thing. It's when we've talked before about worthiness, Mm -hmm. until you are whole, it's hard to attract somebody that's whole. Right. Anybody who's ever fished, you know, you know that if you put a certain bait on the hook, you're going to attract a certain kind of fish. Mm -hmm. And if we don't change our bait, we can't expect our catch 
to be different. On rare occasion, you'll get, you know, a fish that is just absolutely starving and it eats something that is not its usual right. meal. So but... some of my dating has been like that, <laughs> right. sort of catch and release. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kind of like a sports fisherman, you know, this. <laughs> it was beautiful, but I got to put it back in the water. Right. You know, it's, it is, it can be that. But when we change who we are, we put out something different which attracts something different. And then you have the opportunity to create something different. But I think you so aptly said that it had to do with where you were and what you were bringing into that first exchange. What you were in pursuit of was a byproduct. We tend to mirror out what it is that we see in ourselves. We see ourselves as broken. We tend to look for brokenness. When we see ourselves as whole, we tend to look for wholeness. And we put on those, you know, those rose-colored glasses Mm -hmm. where we're not really looking at the other person. Oh, no. You know, we're caught up, you know, we've got all that, all that, you know, great hormones coursing through our body. We're mm-hmm. just pumped. We're in love, <laughs> right? Or in lust, lust or, in, right? or in whatever <laughs> we're in, you know, at that moment. And we're not really looking carefully. Right. And we're not stepping outside of ourselves to see what's going on in this relationship and, and seeing that this is not amplifying. This is not, we're not resonating and creating something greater than what we are individually mm-hmm. but we're actually in some ways subtracting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and i think that's that's one of those moments where you 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 have to step outside yourself you have to look at the relationship and say uh, is is this creating an energy that keeps fueling our feelings for each other? Mm-hmm. Or is this creating an energy that, you know, if, if you go home at the end of the date and you kind of feel like, ah, mm-hmm. wow, you know. But some people get addicted to the drama. Some people get addicted to the pain. Some yes. people, you can have relational addictions the way that you can have drug addictions, you know, that you are so in pursuit of something, you have to have this high that the pain gives you. Mm-hmm. So you're, in, you're constantly feeding this thing that you know is killing you, not perhaps in physical sense, but is emotionally destructive for you. But there's, there's a high even in the pain. So we have to be honest with ourselves, you know, that where we are and what we're doing and what's going on. And sometimes part of the reason we don't pursue certain things is because of that fundamental fear of rejection, that someone whole will not want me. So I'm pursued in what's, I'm in pursuit of what's broken because only that would accept me because I myself am broken. I'm addicted to love. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, there's more than a song in that. You there know? is there's we such do. truth we get, to that. We get hung up in the in the in the good rush of feelings of mm-hmm. being in love that we mm-hmm. keep pursuing that rather than pursuing a person. Absolutely. Rather than pursuing a relationship. And we refuse too often to love ourselves first. We're waiting for somebody else to fill us right. rather than fill They'll ourselves. They'll make me whole. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got to be real about it. Well, that's our story for today. <laughs> we hope you're going to send us some stories that we'll put on the air and we'll respond to you. And if you'd like to do that, you can write to me at Doug at lovelife.digital. Or you can write me, Alvian, at lovelife.digital. Bye, folks. See you soon. <laughs>